we're recording. Delivering you the best content possible the first time around. Best mediocre content available. <laughs> okay, speaking of mediocre. Um, actually, I don't know why I was going to transition off that point, but... Um, okay, so I got a text message from my old roommate, Elise. Okay. And... She's like, hey, happy friend Wednesday. Yes, a good friend of the pod. She like, I meant to tell you that my grandma really likes your podcast. Amazing. She says, you guys are so intellectual. And she always, um, she also thinks Chloe is cool. So shout out to Chloe for that um, epic episode. Amazing. So a huge shout out to Grandma Vicky for being an avid listener and I appreciate it. <laughs> That's awesome. Vicky, Content for all ages. For you. Exactly. This episode's for you, Vicky. That's um, hilarious. So, it. I was just telling Alec. Hi, I'm Alec. That's Alec. Um, that I'm going, I'm going to travel during this pandemic. I don't know, you know, to be honest, I don't, I think, <clears throat> I don't know if I would consider this traveling during the pandemic. You don't what? I don't think I'd call it traveling during the pandemic. I feel like we're like, I guess technically it's still pandemic, but it's like, it's freedom time. Everyone's like, like culturally, socially, it's like, this is over. We're done with this. I know people have are saying it's so last year, but it's honestly like so last week. But really, like, South America is now just, like, in the thick of it. So it still has to be the pandemic, even if it's not pandemic in the U.S. And until it's gone, I guess, like, we never really thought about the end. Like, we consider, like, we're like, oh, we want it to be over. But, like, who's going to be the one that says the pandemic is over? Like, who has that power? This is, like, a global problem. There's not one king, queen, czar. I, I mean, that's been the issue for me the entire time is like, everyone was so quick to say, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Shut it all down. And then when, when the tide started to turn, no one had an idea of, okay, this is how we turn everything back on. This is how we get out. This is how we move through and past. And so now we're in this weird state where it's like, well, people are emboldened to go out and start the economy again and start doing things, but there's no real plan. Mm -hmm. And the plans that are being put forth by state governments are so wildly ranging and different depending on the state you're in. It's true. And in some of those states, like, I don't know, in Minnesota, even like the reopening plans, like for restaurants, like I don't know how restaurants are supposed to survive under the guidelines so i don't know it's unfortunately we passed like phase one of the pandemic We're, like moving into phase two of the pandemic like phase one is like holy shit there's this thing that everyone's afraid of shut it all down and figure it out and that was step one and now we're moving into step two of like okay how do we live with this how do we move through this how do we operate more safely, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 
and I think there's probably like 10 steps, and this is maybe maybe step two. You mean 2A. <laughs> this is, yeah, 2A, right. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know, the whole thing's frustrating because we don't even have like consistency on reporting. We don't have any good data coming out of anywhere. Um, it's all just a shit show. So the one, one of the silver linings in this global pandemic is that the power structures have all been exposed as bullshit. Yep. It's all just trash. The media's yeah. trash, the government's trash. Trash is trash day every day. It's like, I mean, these people, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I barely even have words for it anymore. We don't, they're living off of the credibility that they earned uh-huh. 30, 50, 70 years ago. And they're angry that they're losing credibility and they don't think they should be losing credibility, but they haven't done anything to prove to us that we should still trust them, that we should follow the direction, that we should believe what they say. So, uh, yeah. People are fed up. It's interesting to me too. It's like kind of these last frontiers that haven't been severely disrupted with technology yet or seem to be these institutions. I mean, like everything has been disrupted by technology. If you look around, like mm-hmm. television, sports, this, like the fact that we're talking to each other thousands of miles away, hundred, oh no, hundreds of miles away. How far away is New York? Not very good at geography. It's two thousand um, miles. Okay. Um, all these things have like been radically changed by technology. You look at the things that haven't been radically changed, at least structurally. You look at government, education, the two huge ones. The media has been, um, in some senses, really disrupted by technology, but it hasn't been for the better. <laughs> it's been right. for the worse, right? So um, now that's being exposed as the bullshit that it is in a lot of cases to really look for good journalism. It's the hard part, finding the sources that provide good, clean narratives that aren't biased. (laughs) The needle in the haystack. And narratives is the key, right? Because everything is narratives. It's not everything's a story. It's not here are the facts as we want to present them. It's this is the narrative we want to craft around what's happening versus, hey, this happened and this happened and this happened. Interpret for yourself. Truth. So did you see that um, to explore a narrative with you? Um, SpaceX wasn't able to launch today? I did. I was, uh, I was actually watching the live stream and was watching when they uh, gave the call that the weather was not good enough, so they were going to postpone the launch, and I immediately, they're like, not going to happen today, and I immediately exit on my browser. I, like, okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. Um, yeah, it looks like they're going to try for Saturday. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't realize how long it had been that we, since we'd been to the moon. And... Um, well, it's been, it's been since 2011 since right. people have gone to the space station from American soil. Oh, that's true. Not the moon. The space right. station. Yeah. We're so still not going up to... up a new narrative. 
Still not going to the moon. We haven't been to the moon, I think, since the 70s. Or ever. Or maybe ever. Maybe we've never been to the moon. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the Earth is flat and the International Space Station doesn't actually exist. Who knows? Space Station. Who am I to judge? You know what? It's all part of the narrative. Your life is a narrative. And if you're not the main character of your own narrative, then what are you doing? Be the hero of your story. Wow. You what can find about a thousand. If I, was a, if I was a hero? Yeah, like what was your, what was your super hero name be? I don't know. What's my, I'd have to, I feel like it'd have to be part of like, it'd have to stem from my superpower. Which would be? Which would be, uh, I think, either invisibility or time travel. Mm. Or, the, or being an invisible time traveler. Wow. <laughs> layers on layers. Is it because it'd be great to go back in history but not be seen in history, just so you could observe without mm. interfering? Or I think I had. And you're not relying on a device to bring you there. You are your I own am. catalyst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's mm -hmm. See. So let's see. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good at words. I'm not a copywriter. I'm not a creative words writing person. Not a wordsmither. Not a wordsmither. Well, I'm sure the world would call you something, and maybe you'd adopt that or refine it. Uh, well, I guess maybe they wouldn't even know that it was that you had your spell. I wouldn't have a name because I'd be invisible. No one would know I exist. That would be my superpower: is that no one knows I exist. Hmm. So then you could just be Alec, normal Alec, by day. Yeah. Dang. Maybe this is real. Maybe I am an invisible time traveler. You know what? It but would be so on. It would be so on <laughs> brand for you to just be named Alec as like a super person. Just. Why is that? I don't, like Madonna? Just like one name? No. <laughs> just having one name? No, just like owning your brand. You're like, I'm Alec. Like, I don't want to be anything else. Like, this is who I am. Like, oh. one element of me. Versus, yeah. like, I'm Lightning Storm. Like, that just Storm. doesn't seem like it really, like... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a costume or, like, a fancy name. I just have... you'd have a costume. It would be, like... A dope pair of kicks, like a slightly rolled jean, probably like a pair of Vans. It would be a slightly rolled jean, a black t-shirt, and a baseball cap or something to that degree, and a dope jacket when it was cold. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't have a costume. It'd just be like my, it's my everyday wardrobe. <laughs> it would just become a staple uniform. You'd be like that superhero, then all of a sudden you open up your closet, which is very similar to his now, just like a few to the same t-shirts, the same <laughs> jeans, 14 pairs of the same shoes, like out of a cartoon. Yeah. I like uh, this. That's, that's an interesting, uh, we could create a whole little like, that could be the, the, the foundation of like a motivational like children's book about being a hero, a hero of your own story. And oh. they like open up the, they open up like their superhero cave and it's just like, it's their room or whatever, their closet. It's the clothes they wear. It's the books they read. It's everything because they just need to be the superhero in their own life. You could submit a photo of your child and 
the clothes that they open up in the book are the clothes that are from that kid's wardrobe. And when you flip the page to see who the superhero is, it's a mirror reflection of them. Whoa. Should we write a children's book? Should, should, should we do it? I feel like we could, I mean. I mean, we've like really set up something nice here already. You, like you have uh, connections to printers and yeah, we could self-publish. We could do this. I kind of don't think it's a horrible idea. No. All right, stay tuned. We might write a story. <laughs> We're going to be the next uh, Penguin Random House. Oh, man. Publishing books. I'm be a bestseller at my own company. Sorry, I'm writing I'm write that down. All right. That's added to our to-do list. 2020 goals, write a children's book. Dude, be so fun. Um, I've been gifting fun children's books to my friends lately who are having children. So that's actually been a fun way for me to browse this unique criteria of novels, things that are appropriate for children to and under. <laughs> so you've been doing market research. So like, yeah, yeah, we're already part of, We're doing the SWOT analysis. Love it. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty far along. Have you ever actually done like a SWOT analysis in work. grad school oh no not at work okay that's what i thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh, yeah. i do my boss did bring up the idea of a swat like we should do a swat for something but it like never came to fruition so like it hasn't talked about but like i've never had to actually like do it the things that you learn in college that are like fundamentals of business are like bullshit exercises that actual businesses might do once in a while oh dang it i didn't get around to updating this curriculum again <laughs> swat analysis, SWOT analysis. <laughs> that's uh, how that's how i in my head that's how like the education system is it's like oh man I, it's, it's already august i guess we'll just run it back from last year yeah i mean there's definitely people who are staying in touch and then there's definitely people who get caught up in not researching and just teaching commonplace status quo and hey not not a good place especially for how much kids are paying these days yeah absolutely i feel like we i don't know how much we talked about education in the last episode because in one of the like it always comes back to that yeah, I've been thinking a ton about about education lately, so it's a kind of a recurring, recurring thought experiment for me. Um, but uh, okay, can we talk about something that I find very funny? Yes, let's go move into the segment. Alex' favorite funny things. We're just gonna we can do a I'll have a segment each week, and I'll just it'll change. I love it. I just want to keep naming <laughs> it fun things. Uh, okay, so <laughs> everyone knows, well, and if you don't know, Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook company love to steal features from other products. Mm -hmm. They try to buy those features. If they can't buy them, they just steal them. I mean, they're the best at it. Like, this isn't like Facebook isn't the only one doing this, but like, they're no. infamous for being like, let's make a deal. And they're like, nope, okay, we're going to cut you out of the equation now. <laughs> we're going to come like, do it better. <laughs> Yeah, the, like this obviously happens everywhere. It happens in every business. There's kind of a leading industry 
or a leading trend or something like that, and then everyone else copies. Um, Facebook is just so big that they can see something, try to buy it. If they can't buy it, then they just do it themselves. Um, that's how stories became part of Instagram. They right. tried to buy uh, Snapchat. Snapchat was like, mm, nah, we're going to go ahead and just keep doing our own thing. Keep on keeping on. And they just crushed Snapchat. So Facebook in the last like two weeks has gone after two apps. One of them um, is an app called Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. They really just started like this year. They have, they're only in beta. You have to get like invited and sign up and get approved to get into the app right now. It's not even available for download on the app store. And essentially it's like chat rooms. It's like um, voiceover chat rooms. You can have a conversation um, with someone and then other people can like come in and out of different rooms and listen to different people and talk about different things. So you log on and there's, it'll say like, so-and-so are talking in this room and -and so-and-so is talking in this room and that person's talking in this room and you can go in and listen to what they're talking about. Um, Apparently during the beta, oh, and also this uh, clubhouse just raised like, uh, I think it was $12 million from Andrews and Horowitz and the founders each took a million dollars off the top of the investment. They somehow got a million each in secondary stock. So not even to launch, they have something like three or 5,000 users and it's free revenue, everything like that. And then during a session in the app, the two founders were hosting a room and in that room, they allowed Mark Zuckerberg into the beta. Mark Zuckerberg was in the room that they were talking in on the app. And in this talk, they were talking about their like product differentiation and the product roadmap while Mark Zuckerberg was there. Um, This week, Facebook just launched a new app on the app store called Ketchup. And it is essentially Clubhouse, but it's Facebook's version of that app. Oh my God. And they beat them to market because they're actually in the app store for Android and iOS. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's so funny. I'm it's, looking it up now. It's not great. It's not actually funny. Uh, but. Ketchup. Effortless calling. Ketchup was developed as a way for friends and family to let each other know that they're available for voice conversation as well as, well as to help coordinate group calls. Okay, and if on Instagram, you notice they push an update to Instagram, you can also start um, Instagram chat rooms. Yes, I saw this feature update. Right. There's, a, there's an app called House Party that does mm-hmm. the same thing. You can like go on House Party, you can play different games and House Party the app, yada, 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 hang out with your friends, digitally, whatever. And then Facebook just made it a feature inside of Instagram. They also released another feature that creators are gonna be able to start making money off of Instagram in like a live way. So like you can buy a badge for a creator that you love and then get certain insights with 
by having that badge with that creator and by buying a badge with the creator, you're supporting the creator. So like a lot of people are saying this is like kind of like the new like online workouts. So like you can buy a badge for um, a fitness instructor, support the fitness instructor and, um, and be able to attend their classes on a more regular basis in a private setting or however it works. Um, And they're gonna start rolling this out. So I think that'll actually be really cool because now it's becoming Instagram is becoming this platform that's really expanding in every direction when it was simply just started out as like an, a way, a, a build off of like the idea of photo albums within Facebook. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and Instagram was actually its own thing too before, right? Like Instagram. Well, wasn't it created by people who were at Facebook or no? No, they were acquired by Facebook. Okay, they were acquired by. Yeah. And so it it was actually, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Instagram was actually started as a way of, like, for people to travel without traveling. Like, they could see where other people... Oh, yeah. You're right, because they actually originally had, like, Instagram Brazil and, like, Instagram Austria. And, like, there were people that were housed that were living in these countries who ran their country's profiles. Yeah, I think that's correct. So, it's crazy how that platform's changed. And now they're, int- they're trying to introduce e-commerce. You can like, if you follow like a clothing company on Instagram, you can like start shopping right off their, um, their page, things like that. I don't know if that will work, but. Well, I mean, they already have Instagram shop. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm like, that's getting rolled out more broadly. Mm. And I don't know. Like it's not a differentiator. Yeah, I just don't know how many people are like going on Instagram and being like, oh, I want to, like, I'm shopping. Well, I will say that some of the campaigns that I run for work, we're seeing a lot of purchase behavior originate with our Instagram campaigns. So, like, they'll see the ad and then they will tap it or whatever. But then I'm able to look on the ad side of, Facebook, Instagram, or like the ad manager, and I'm able to see like, oh, this pixel fired on our purchase page from these ads. And our institute, depending on the audience and like the product, it's becoming more and more popular. And I think people are getting more comfortable with the idea of just like, whether it's like, I guess like even if I'm on my phone with like Amazon, I'm like, oh, I was really thinking about buying that thing. And I just saw it again, fill it up really quick, purchase it, and then keep going on my way. So if it's a kind of like a quick proof of, quick um, purchase point, like very, like not a big purchase clock. And it's just something that's easy to grab. I think it's easily, more easily attainable to just really do it on your phone. Yeah, that's interesting. If it's like a low friction purchase, you might be more inclined to just do it there. I wonder, I guess I don't know, I should read more about it, but I wonder if like, it seems like that should be something that they should partner with Shopify with and use just like, use Shopify's backend as, your uh, processing and shipping. Yeah. Because I'm not quite sure how that works. I'm waiting for Instagram to adopt something like the Marco Polo app that's become recently more popular again, where you can leave video voicemails basically for friends. Yeah. Because Marco Polo did something really dumb. So right now in the in the app, they're trying to monetize it and it's not going to work. So right. 
in the app itself. Have you used it? I've not, no. Okay, so you have a record button. It's like a very similar user interface to like Instagram stories. But then you also have these other features like you can like some, you can send your friends a photo and it kind of like starts to like populate on this timeline at the bottom of the screen. So like you might log in and be like, oh, you have 15 polos to watch. Right. And sometimes they're text like paragraphs written. Sometimes they're videos of your friends leaving you a message and you can do groups. So I'm in one with a lot of my close friends from college and we do it like every day. We're like, good morning, blah, blah, blah. It's like a really easy way to kind of just humanize a text message. And, yeah. um, but like classic millennials were obviously still texting and Snapchatting and doing all like talking across six platforms at one time. Right. But the thing that Marco Polo did that was really dumb, in my opinion, was they started to say, oh, now these features that you've been used to are part of like Marco Polo Prime membership or premium membership or whatever. So now as a basic like member, all you can do is just send the video and you can't do any of the other fun stuff like react to the videos or like leave videos, video comments over the video. And there's like so many issues with it. Like if I rewatch something, like I don't know when somebody left their video reaction at what point they left that that reaction right. to the video so like all of a sudden you're just like watching them at the end and you're like i don't know what you're reacting to right so the technology is there i mean instagram's definitely done it like elements similar to this and just like as like i feel like video voicemails are becoming more popular especially with the kind of resurgence of marco polo like i had that app in college and so it's been around a minute, but we kind of like left the app because like none of us, we stopped using it. Now it's kind of like made its way back. Like I could totally see this being a feature rolled out on Instagram. It feels like very natural for the environment. And um, I don't think it, I would be surprised if it wasn't a feature in like the next six months. Interesting. So what I think of when I think of that is actually Spotify. Spotify is mm -hmm. developing their platform for video podcasts. Right. And what if you could leave at a specific point a video reaction to that point in the podcast that allows the podcast producer, the maker, whoever, to then engage with individuals based on their feedback from specific points in the podcast. Yeah. Video is just becoming more and more important. Like TikTok, you see it with when you want to duet with somebody and you're going to like do a side by side and do whether they're going to do half the dance, half the song, half whatever, or you're doing it at the same time in what feels like an orchestrated, you know, performance. So right. I think the more unique ways that people are going to be able to incorporate video it's gonna be add life to their product, which will be really cool to see how people are gonna leverage it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, did you ever have you ever like looked at Quibi at all? Have you ever heard that's of Quibi? Like the, that's the like t like really like really small like Netflix in the sense that you're like the videos are like five to ten minutes long, right? Yeah, it's, Quibi is like it's short for quick bites. Okay. 
and it's like I haven't all been on the platform at all. Neither have I. Um, and they're, of course, they just, they launched like in March, at the end of March. And so they're like, well, it's not doing very well because of coronavirus, <laughs> um, which is just like, that's the cop out for any business that's not doing well. But it was essentially supposed to be like micro content for like commuters. Mm. Um, and I've listened to a few podcasts about it, at least partially. And it's interesting because their whole thing is like, it's for commuters. But then when you actually, and at first glance, like at the surface level, that seems like a good idea. Like, oh, like, yeah, I'm just like on the bus or I'm on the train or whatever. I just need like 10 minutes. I'm going to watch this 10 minute show. There's <clears throat> 15 episodes of 10 minute shows. Like, it's my morning commute show. Um, but then when you dig into that, it's like, well, how many people actually have a morning commute that allows them to watch content while they're commuting? That seems like pretty specific to a small urban population that's subwaying or whatever. Right. Subwaying or taking the bus. Um, and then I guess if I'm inter interpreting this correctly, most of the content that they got was like content that um like wasn't gonna get published by big studios mm, like leftovers there was like stuff that like well we don't really think this is super good so we're just gonna sit on it until like maybe maybe it, we find a time or revamp it to make it good and mm. then quibi was like well we'll, we'll just buy it because we need the content we're desperate for it and then i guess some of the deals they made are like they own they, of course, they just license the content instead of buying it. So they license it for two or three years, which is a great deal for the studios because the studios then potentially at least get some return on the investment for making it. Mm -hmm. But then if a show somehow pops and gets really popular off Quibi, three years go by and then they just take it off Quibi and launch it on a bigger platform and then retain all the IP and can start merchandising and things like that off of yeah. doing only work we're doing is was the initial start dang i didn't realize that they were they didn't own the content and they've been able they've been i will say their their marketing is really good it always yeah, always it like oh that show looks really good and i'm like oh it's a quibi show and then i'm always like oh that's like a fairly big name like there's i've seen yeah. like faces and i'm like oh you're also on Quibi like I don't, I don't know I mean I feel like the cool thing about some of these the increase in platforms while it's negative on our end because we're like which ones do we buy because we can't afford all 15 of you right is for the actors and actresses like all this extra opportunity for them to produce more work because more people are willing to host it so kind of cool on yeah, that I think kind of things. content wise, I'm like, I think like this time next year, we're going to be in like a really like a content drought. There's like not going to be anything new coming out this time next year. Yes. Yeah. The cycle of production is like a year and for most projects. Um, and so nothing's being produced right now. And I desperately um, need to see season three of Succession. Desperately need to see it. I'm so excited. Speaking of new things out, did you see that there was that new um, 
piece by Disney Plus. It's a short about a gay guy and his parents like come to help him pack and then he um, is nervous about what they're gonna say because he hasn't come out to them yet. So they, so he like befriends this like magical creature. I don't know the entire premise. And then he like switches places with his dog something like that while his parents react to seeing pictures of him with his boyfriend. Have you heard about this? I've like, I read something about um, like Disney's first show with a gay main character, but that's all I know. So that's like roughly the premise, right? And so people have been like reacting, right? Like, how could you do this? And this like one guy wrote in like, I'm going to have to cancel my subscription. And like they wrote back, Disney like wrote back, well, sorry, Mike for I don't know what his name is um we're really gonna miss your zero dollars and zero cents because he was on a free trial subscription (laughs) oh my gosh and then like some other family was like how are we ever gonna let our children watch this like this is horrible for their upbringing and then like the institute of like child services was like we are gonna have to call dot 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 your children and make sure that they're like make sure they're doing okay in your household like all these like hilarious like bigger entities are kind of like clapping back at this like this isn't something new like this is like just like I don't know it was hilarious just to see like brands react like I think brands who are hilarious and nimble on the platform that kind of lends itself that way like you're not afraid to absorb the culture that's already on that platform I think do extremely well um, I think Wendy's is probably the best example of that to date, like in terms of what they've done on Twitter and just on how it, and like Wendy's, they've actually started a hilarious TikTok, which is so fun to watch. They, they're like, whoever their media team is or whatever agency they pay, like they really do a great job. It's in-house. There's, it? it came up on my LinkedIn the other day. Um, this guy was tasked with leading the TikTok strategy and, Three months ago, they had a couple thousand followers, and I think now they're they've over. I think they've captured a mill or something like that. Um, he's grown their audience like an insane amount. Let's see if I can pull this up. Uh, yeah, I mean Twitter's such a odd platform. Oh, sorry, they haven't topped a mill yet, but they're at six hundred fifty-eight thousand followers. That's crazy. People just, like, are making Wendy's content. Like, people back the Wendy's brand. Like, I don't, I haven't eaten at a Wendy's in a really long time, but I can always get down with a Frosty. Like, even if I'm just, like, like on this road trip that I'm going on Friday to go see my little brother, I better get a a Wendy's Frosty. I'm going to have to do it because, dang, I forget about some of their treats, but like living here in the city, like I don't walk past a Wendy's very often, so not really always an option. Have you, excuse me, have you seen, um, like Taco Bell has a really like crazy, like loyal brand following? I mean, uh, always, I mean, things that got me through college, Baja Mountain Dew and like cheesy Gordita Crunch like midnight runs with like my good buddy Jeremy like we would just like text each other like Taco Bell and it'd be like midnight and like yeah and we would like change out of our pajamas and like run to the nearest car in the middle of winter and drive like 12 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it was up to the the mall to go get oh Jesus went to the mall for 
No, for Taco Bell. Oh, for Taco Bell. Yeah, sorry. I was like, wait, there's a Wendy's on, what was it, London Road? Oh, yeah, there was. Now. Um, but so Taco Bell, have you, would you go to the Taco Bell Cantina? Have you seen the Taco Bell Cantinas? There's one near my apartment in, the, in New York. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're so crazy. I went to one in Vegas a couple years ago, and it's like, they have a DJ in there, and they have, like, alcohol slushies and all this crazy shit and then they have like they sell merch like taco bell merch but the the alcoholic slushies might be unique to vegas because you can legally drink on the strip yeah i was just trying to think how that would work in new york but i know like i'm pretty sure you can get like beers and stuff at the one by my place yeah Mm, just like not to go it's, Which um, now I love how that's becoming a thing where it's like say, you can take the liquor to go. You can get drive through margaritas in Texas. <laughs> right. And so like those restrictions are going to have to be like, I'm ass- I, people are going to like assume that that's going to carry forward. And that requires like a total change in law. Bring on the self-driving cars. <laughs> Literally come through. Oh man. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, there's going to be so much that changes in the next few months. Like, I don't know. It's just never ending. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens with uh, sports betting in individual states. I'm really interested in seeing what happens to recreational marijuana. Because I think states are going to be definitely hurting for revenue. And if they can bring back sports and then collect a tax revenue from people gambling on sports, that seems like a very easy legislation to get passed. Uh, and then same with recreational marijuana. Like, that's a huge tax opportunity for states. Heck so, yeah. I'm curious to see if those things will be accelerated by the pandemic. Yeah, I'll be curious too. My um, we looking up my stocks. <laughs> I had been ignoring them a couple of days. I'm pleasantly surprised. Did something happen with Royal Caribbean? Because those jumped. Cruises going. Cruises happening again. People are like cruises are sold out. People are like. You like get me out. Yeah, like I'll go on a cruise. Dude, I will never go on a cruise. I never would have gone on a cruise, I don't think, before this, but definitely not after. Like I I'm not a I'm not a cruise person and I cannot imagine being quarantined on a fucking cruise ship for fourteen days. Like Dude, I just That's like be... essentially what a cruise is. It's like being quarantined with fucking 3,000 people or however many people are on Oh my god, so many people. But then imagine that, except you can't leave your little, like, whatever room that you have on the boat. Fuck that. Dude, I am, I'm, like, playing with the idea of the fact that, like, there's a good chance that, like, maybe my company will be fully remote forever. And what does that mean for my travel bug? Like, do I just like hop around for a while and like just go travel and like 
to spend some weeks there, spend some weeks there, spend some weeks there. Like, it could be really good. Like, this could all start pushing me towards, like, a very dangerous 20, August of 2021. I turned 30. So this might just be leading up to a really good way to start my 30s and thrive. Yeah, I mean, my I was kind of starting to think about and starting to plan a little bit um, before the pandemic. Like, okay, it's crazy. It's like, it's been like three fucking months. Yeah, I went home March 10th. Like, it does, I don't know, it, it seems like it's been a long time, but it also seems like it hasn't been very long at the same time, which is weird. Um, but like, my job, like we have, we haven't, we had an office, we no longer have an office. Um, there's no reason for us to have an office. We're a really small team and all the things that we needed an office for <clears throat> before are now things that we can't do. So we don't any longer have an office, but um, like I had a boss, I have a boss who was totally cool with like working completely remotely. So I was, I was thinking about like, okay, like I'll go to New York for a week. Uh, I'm gonna go check out Austin for a week. Like all these places that I think I might wanna move to at some point of just going and working from those places for a week or two. Um, and so I think, I don't know, at some point we'll see what happens throughout the rest of this year, especially the summer. I feel like this summer is just kind of a, it's just kind of a toss up. It's gonna be, I don't know. I feel like we might learn new things or things might change and open back up more broadly and things like that. I don't know. Or maybe like hopefully there'll be some miraculous uh, acceleration in testing capacity and uh, those types of things so we can mm-hmm. do more stuff. But because I, I don't see myself traveling internationally probably for the next year because I don't want to get quarantined in some random fucking hotel with a foreign government putting me there. Well, maybe you go to a place that's already seen the uptick. Yeah, but even then, like if they say like, oh, you came from this place, like we're going to quarantine you until we know that you're not showing symptoms. That's true. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens when the borders open again and like people have more able to travel a little bit more in like Europe and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, Europe's an interesting case because it's people travel so freely between countries there. Even like commute for work. Like you can easily like live in the UK and work in France. I think it's so wild. Yeah, I'm like, I'm eager to see what the world is like a year from now. Big change. I think there's going to be like some really big change. I think there's going to be some things where you just go back to like some sort of nonsense. I think we have to force some big change. I think like... Oh yeah, I think it's going to require people to kind of like, for some businesses it's gonna they're gonna want to snap back to what things were and i think people have already have an appetite like we've been able to do it from home so like why can't we continue and i think some businesses have to be 
you know, there's certain places. I was learning today that a friend of mine, since she's technically part of the union, all union employees have to behave the same. And yep. so because one division in her office is also union and they are required to be in the office, they're all not required to be in the office. So like, obviously there's gonna be things like that that are just like not avoidable, not avoidable, but like private and public companies that have more flexibility. Like, you know, a lot of my friends, some of my friends who commute so much in the city, their anxiety was so high because it just like commuting was too much for them, especially with such crowded trains that they're like, right. there's no way you're getting me back in the office because I've never had a better, like a mental state in like, the, I don't even know how long. And like right. my friends who are like, I'm finally losing weight because I was holding on to it so much from work and like stress and things like that, that I feel like I can actually deal with my stressors at home. And I don't know, I think some people's lives have totally improved and like some people are finding it be really hard, which is frustrating. But if this is the new normal, then I think hopefully the balance of reopening like the economy will help normalize some of that. So yeah, I'm, I think for me, like with like what I do, um, like I really enjoy like going to an office and like being around other people. Um, <laughs> even if I don't like talk to those people, like I'm not constantly like in conversation at work. Like I'm, a lot of my work is like headphones on, not talking to people, but there's still like an energy in an office building. And then the ability to just like very quickly and naturally bounce ideas off people without like trying to set up a zoom meeting for like this random thought that you had. Mm -hmm. And so those types of more like organic conversation and thought exploration is going to be, it's still like super necessary especially in design and like technology and innovation. Um, so I'm wondering how that may affect what happens moving forward. But yeah, yeah cause like the question of good company culture is still going to yeah. be a relevant question. Absolutely. It's just, you might not be in the same space per se, but you still have to work with these people and you want to know like who you're surrounding yourself with and like maybe how are these people getting, if once we have like a normalized, economy where like COVID's on the DL then you know like how are you going to find this balance of like bringing people together even if they're all over the place so yeah one of the podcasts I listened to brought up a really interesting point with like Facebook and these um, Facebook Twitter Shopify uh, these really huge tech companies going completely remote um, they're like are they going to pay like if I work for one of these tech companies, one, are they going to pay for me to like build out an office space at my home or my apartment? Do I get a stipend so I can get a place that actually has an office? Are they going to make sure that I have uh, secure Wi-Fi networks and fast enough Wi-Fi networks to do the type of work that I need to do? Mm -hmm. um, that'll be an interesting thing moving forward. I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about um, the way work is valued for at-home work. Um, because like Facebook said that for the rest of the year, everyone will maintain their salary, wherever you're working, whatever. Um, but come January 1st, you need to tell us where you're going to be working. And based on where you're working, we'll adjust your salary to match the place that you're living. Right. Because it's all determined on like cost of living. Cost of living, things like that. But I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Because... One, if you're a company like that, one, you're already saving a whole bunch of money and 
adding money to the top line by not having office expenses. And that's not just rent, it's like that's chairs and computers and desks and cleaning staff and electricity and plumbing and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so like, what do companies value? Is it having people in a place or do they value the quality of the work that gets done? And so if I'm bringing, if I'm bringing the same level of value to your company, does my geography impact the value of the work that I'm bringing? Right. But it has to also, it, it, it shouldn't and it should, because it's like, I can't be paid as the same necessarily as someone in Des Moines, Iowa, because my rent here in the city, I could get a huge house there. You know, like, I don't know, like just for basic accommodations here, there has to be some sort of baseline. Yeah, and that's, I guess it would be remain to be seen, like what is that delta between the two? Mm -hmm. Is it actually, is it, strictly based on cost of living and it's like your salary goes down three five percent whatever it is um or are they taking into account like okay you live in this place the cost of living is this much lower uh you move to a place with no state income tax so we're gonna pay you less there because you'll make it up more there or you live in a place with lower property taxes and you're living in this type of building like how in depth are they going to go Mm -hmm. would be my question because those people like the work has to be valued especially when you're going to see a more an even more competitive market like i no longer have to be in a city to get a job in that city right means that maybe people who are talented enough to work in these companies but wanted to stay somewhere for family reasons or for whatever, for they didn't have the means to move somewhere without a job and then try and get a job in that place. Like there's a lot of different factors that make people not able to be mobile even within the United States. So having a, a broader job market, job opportunities for digital work is gonna be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be really cool, I think. And like, you know, just it opens up a whole different way of thinking just even based off of like the jobs themselves the way they're structured the responsibilities the way they're paid the way they're executed like all of it starts to kind of come to play and it's really it'll be interesting because i think there's so many this is going to really rely on people who are proactive thinkers right. and not react and be like i'm going to set a standard and this is what we think we're going to do and set the tone for kind of the rest of the market and i think yeah from I think, this we're gonna see like you know we always project and be like in x amount of years we're gonna see these jobs that we never even thought existed or never even knew of or heard of like right. this is the type of disruption that causes those jobs to be thought of and created so right. um I actually think the event industry is going to get really interesting Agreed. in terms of like both internal and um, community-based events. I think I think HR is going to have different support than it has ever had before. For sure. Um, and I also totally see, you know, access to opportunity to your same point, you know, like for people who just like 
could not afford to leave, but know it, but have a bright mind, like the job market is going to be that much more competitive because people from anywhere can apply for these jobs that are fully remote. And you're not just competing with the people in your geography, you're competing with the people all over who are interested in a similar line of work. And recruiting is going to be so much more of a science than it ever has been before. Yeah, and like hopefully, hopefully it brings more wealth into different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Right? Like San Francisco probably has probably a toss up between San Francisco and New York. I don't know the numbers, uh, but of like millionaires per capita. Because all these people in San Francisco, where you have like this whole tech hub of like, yeah, I live on a couch with, in a house with five other people, and then all of a sudden, you raised $400 million in a series B and all of you have like on paper are millionaires. And then, yeah. um, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think it'll, it's definitely going to affect different industries, of course, differently, but um, I had something else that I was going to add, but I forgot. So it must not be that important. I Yeah. I'm, Time to sit back and watch, I guess, because I think we're gonna, now that we start to see things reopen, people are gonna have to kind of like dust their shoulders off and kind of go to market with a new strategy, especially as we see different fiscal starting this year, because we're all on different schedules. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna be really curious. I know my company for one thing that they're doing is they've opened up, they are going to give us all a stipend for our cell phone bills now that we've been fully reliant on them and not using work um, right. phones. Yeah. So now that's being covered for the for, for the next few months um, until they decide what we're doing next. And you know that's like a huge help. You know that's a huge help for all of us because you know at my company we took a pay cut. So just to have that as an expense that's covered, like one less worry, you know, right. and those are the types of services that are, people are going to start looking for when they're yeah. kind of being onboarded and understanding, like, what are you doing for the employee and like packages first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say too, was it'll be interesting to see like what type of, how much like corporate waste as far as like time has been exposed in this, like how many things that were, two-hour meetings are now like 45-minute meetings and how much stuff that were you doing like during the course of a day that was just wasted time because you were at at an office where you used to be at the office from nine to five and now at home you work from nine to four or you do the equivalent of four hours of work spread out throughout throughout your day but you're still getting everything you need to be done etc like yeah um that'll be interesting because it can open up the possibility of someone having two jobs. Like if you're like super ambitious and want to work for two companies, they don't even necessarily need to know depending on the, depending on the company, depending on the type of work. Um, I think that's all part of the unknown, you know, like how can you juggle competing responsibilities? But if you can do it effectively, like, does it matter? Yeah. Or like, like, right. Maybe you have a full-time job and you pick up, and you're a freelancer. If you're a designer, you have a full-time job, you want to make some extra money, you freelance on the weekends. Well, now maybe you can add like two or three freelance clients at a time instead of just one because 
the work that you're doing day to day for your day job is streamlined because you don't have to sit in meetings with Joe, Bob, and Billy. Thing at Joe, Bob, and Billy. Joe, Bob, and Billy. The worst. Also, I think um, my the thing that I've been on the most recently is understanding the climate impact from us having to not travel, not drive, plants being shut down. And is there going to be, you know, there was all this buildup of like, if we don't turn back the dials now, we're going to be in serious, serious issues. And one, like, what's like, where do we sit now that we've had this forced, like, like, uh, kind of shut down and like, not necessarily a fully reset, but like, obviously something's bettering from it. You know, we're seeing these photos of the mountains being uncovered by smog and like, there was these mountains in LA that I had never seen before. And I'd been to LA multiple times. And I was like, wait, there's like an actual mountain range behind downtown. Like I had never seen that before. Like just all these crazy things. And like, you know, what is the research going to kind of say next? And like, are, is there going to be, um, any regulations for us to maintain some sort of lower uh, carbon emission? And is there going to be, I don't know, I'm just curious, like, and what effects that might have on, like, travel and planes and cars and all the stuff. Like, is it just going to snap back to normal? I mean, like, I'll give my you head that. says yes, and my heart wants to say no. I'll give you the contrarian narrative. Uh, this, this proof that our planet is far more resilient than anyone wants to give it credit for. And that the things that we do um, may not be great for our planet, but to say that if we don't stop things immediately is so far overblown because we've seen in three months just how much has gone back to a healthier environment for our planet. So mm -hmm. things are in much less dire scenario than everyone has been saying because clearly in just three months we can revert back however much pollution, however much, whatever the data says. So the, the dire, the direness and the, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, um, the extremes that are being put out of how terrible everything is in the environment. Maybe they're overblown because we just saw how, how quickly it bounces back. I mean, that's definitely just like air pollution. Like, did we see an uptick in more trash because more people are at home and is that being dumped into the ocean or is that finding yes. new ways there? Like, you know, stuff like that. So it's like one fraction, yes. Like maybe the air pollution isn't, right. wasn't the worst part of this, but like the other elements that come to play here, like there's been there's some so cool more. articles about like some of the coral and the Great Barrier Reef actually having some like, bounce back and like yep. due to some like scientists like achievements and also some just like time for it to breathe and so I think just like all kind of deciphering what you know what's an area that we could have great impact on and like focusing on that because obviously like traveling is going to be even more crazy once it's all back like that's not going to go away soon so right. like um, I don't know how do we make it all smarter easier said than done easier Absolutely. asked than answered i guess um i saw a, a pretty funny meme it was something to the effect of i'm glad we i'm glad we saved the ocean from all these plastic straws now we have room for all the latex gloves and disposable masks uh, 
that hurts but it's true true it's just that's just true um as with anything right it's it's much more complicated and nuanced than anyone wants to have a real conversation about so um, i think it's far more complex than anyone thinks it is you know it's absolutely and we have one more we have one element you're like well look i see it happening right here i see that on this and you're like yeah but here's the 14 other things that are still not changing so yeah there's no there's no on off switch for any of the topics that are debated in this podcast in this podcast we'll just in (laughs) in the media landscape at all everything is there's always like, that's, thanks to that's Twitter. Sides to every story.